there is a lot of stripping of self and self-work that you're going to have to do in the process. You really have to work on improving yourself and letting go of whatever you need to in order to get where where you're trying to go. Uh, You're not going to feel like doing it every day. You're really not. There's not always going to be someone to motivate you and to tell you to keep going. So you have to make sure you find that confidence within yourself. Before, I used to like dream of being here now. And I feel like I'm almost there. And I just keep saying to myself, 2023, it's going to be my year. It's going to be my year. Hi, this is Chelsea Lewis with My Mommy Wisdom. And you are listening to Dreams and Drive. Hey, Dream Drivers, welcome to episode 354 of the Dreams and Drive podcast. And I am super excited for today's guest, Chelsea Lewis. So, you know, a lot of times on the podcast, we talk to Dream Drivers who have launched businesses based on needs, right? And Chelsea's story is similar. She launched her brand, My Mommy Wisdom, because of a problem that she was having in her own household with her younger daughter and her skin. And from figuring out how to solve that problem for her own daughter, she saw a need. She understood how she could solve that problem, and she had a solution that she then offered to the public. So you guys are in for a treat to be able to hear how Chelsea was able to launch her business. But what I love about this episode is really the stuff beyond that, right? The stories behind the long days and the nights, what's going into success behind the scenes, everything in between from motherhood to juggling things to that self-doubt to just figuring out what's next. Chelsea hits on that. Some of the things that we talk about that I know you guys are going to be able to relate to is like when you know that you have to start outsourcing, why you need to fire yourself, taking time to center yourself and why self-care is so important. And this is something I really think is important for us dream drivers. What do you do when you start to see your peers excel faster than you, right? So so many great tips in here. I'm really excited for you all to just learn from Chelsea. Her company, My Mommy Wisdom, is a certified cruelty-free organic black-owned brand that offers over 10-plus SKUs and is on a mission to cater to the delicate needs of new moms and babies, including eczema and other conditions, and also supporting them throughout the prenatal, postpartum, and motherhood journey. And also make sure that you're following us on social media. You can find us at Dreams and Drive across all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And lastly, guys, if you want to join our newsletter, The Keys, and get weekly email updates from me delivered right to your inbox, just go to dreamsanddrive.com slash join. That's dreamsanddrive.com slash join. All right, let us hear from Chelsea. Hi, how are you? I am, you know, just living that mommy life as you probably are as well. It's nice to be able to take time away and talk about other things, do other things. I was just enjoying the morning so far. (laughs) (laughs) I love to start our interviews going back in time, Chelsea. I think it's so important for us to reflect as who we were as children. For any dream, right? There always is a start. So I would love to know, for you as a young child growing up, tell me, where, where in the USA were you growing up? just so I can get our listeners acclimated to the location. So I am born and raised in the county of Dade, Miami, Florida. If you know anything about people from Miami, we're very proud of our city. Okay. (laughs) I'm not not from Miami. I know nothing about Miami. I have some family. (laughs) I want to say Fort Lauderdale area, but that's about it. 
Okay, so you are a Miami, uh, Dade County girl, right? (laughs) Tell me about what was inspiring the young Chelsea. What were those things that really excited you about life, the world, anything in between? For me, growing up in Miami, I always tell people, like, our childhood is different. Like, you could be going to school, and then you could see a celebrity. <laughs> so it's it's super random. Um, but I think just seeing all the different cultures and just variations of people, I learned at a young age, like, I was always inquisitive about what's next or, or like, what uh, what can I learn more about things? I always love connecting back to community. So like I have friends of all different races and backgrounds. And I think that's helped me become a little bit more relatable to people now as an adult, because I've had these different real experiences. And so just growing up being in like a melting pot and just receiving all of the different um, energies that people have and stuff, it just made me I don't know, just always want to connect, always want to be centered around community, always want to make impactful and meaningful change. And so just figuring out how to do that as an adult has always, that was like my forefront is what can I do so I can still have this feeling, have this impact and do it as an adult or when I grow up. That's so interesting that you said community, right? Because I feel like even with the business now that you have, it's all about bringing together a community and all the melting pots of what mothers is and that wisdom of mothers, right? Through your mm-hmm. products. Um, did you have a dream as a kid? I remember as a kid, I wanted to be a ballerina. I wanted to be a doctor. Like all these things that now I am not, but I see the threads of what, you know, goes into each of those professions and what I do now. But for you, what was that early dream? Believe it or not, I wanted to work in missions. I wanted to do mission work. I wanted to go to different countries and help people. Um, I love like those commercials where you would see like babies in need or okay. families in need. I always wanted to do work around that. And so this question just kind of, like you said, is all putting things together because now I'm like, Oh, that's where I got it from. But I always wanted to do, um, mission work, uh, servant work, I say. And I remember having a conversation with my mom right before I went to high school. And she was like, well, look, you are, I mean, excuse me, not high school, college. And she was like, look, you got it in the family. So they don't have a degree for what you're trying to do. (laughs) She was like, what is this going to look like? And I remember um, her asking me, what can you do to still get, like, to still have this passion? What can you do to still do that. And I was like, maybe, you know, I could go into business and just kind of see where things lead, where I can open up. So I started doing like consulting. That way I could still help people and still have my ear to the ground and see, you know, what are some needs that either I could provide resources for or I could cultivate and and create a space so that people won't need it as much. And that's kind of how I, like my brain just kind of kind of went after a graduator from college, et cetera. So what did you, so I know you got a bachelor's in business administration, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What were those first few jobs out of college like? And did you find, did you feel like, okay, this is for me? Yeah, so I got, I actually, my first job when I was in grad school, um, we had to create a strategy plan for a small business. And um, 
that was very difficult to have to present in front of a company and tell them, hey, these are the things that you're doing wrong. Here are the things that you're doing right. And we're going to help you execute it because we're students. We don't know. We've never run a business. And um, my team did so well that afterwards, um, the person who liaisoned that relationship offered me a position in business consulting. So I started doing consulting work for about four or five years with small businesses. And I just heard so many different ideas that it just kept like my creative wheels always spinning. And like, wow, you know, I would love to make this one there. I would love to do that. And so my uh, background has just always been in consulting or in business development. Uh, so how I got to my business, that is just, that's, that's like throwing that monkey wrench in. That was completely random. <laughs> we'll get started. to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but I want to ask you then, during, you know, you working in business consulting and business development, what were you realizing is your superpower? Because I sometimes feel like we don't see it until we take a step back, Right. Mm-hmm. What were you learning about yourself where you're like, damn, Chelsea, you're really good at this? Or did you feel like you were good at it? You know what I mean? Because sometimes we could be working in things and you might not even be realizing your gifts are unfolding as you're in it. No, that, that's a great question. I think um, hearing like the feedback from my clients, like I would start with them at the initial stage of their business and then three years down the line, seeing their growth. And hearing them tell me like, hey, your impact or your help helped get us to this point that I didn't realize until I had to pivot and we relocated how how much of an impact I was making because I was just doing my job. I was just, you know, giving advice. It's almost like you tell me what you want. We'll get it done together. And I think just seeing and hearing that wow you know, people really respect you and value your opinion. Maybe you can do this one day for yourself because I always have led to work and do for others. I didn't necessarily think I would have my own business or do it for myself. So um, just hearing that feedback or just seeing people's growth and how much progress they made or how much their businesses had mature or expanded really inspired and motivated me like, hey, you have something here. You, you know, you're you're good at what you do so how can you use that for yourself so you said like you never although you were helping other people build their businesses it never dawned on you that one day you'd be the one building your own business as well no not in the moment I wasn't um but when I had my second child my daughter I was like you know what I just want to be a mom I don't want to work I was like, everyone always needs me. I just want to be there for my kids. And then that was when I realized how much I missed just communicating with people and talking with people and working with people. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I create that for myself? And that's essentially how I started my business was utilizing and taking all the strategies that I've helped other people with and pouring it into myself was what I felt like was important or what I could bring to market that people would Whatever need I felt that they had, I could fulfill or help, you know, bring this idea to make it easier on black and brown women and children. So I have a question. Um, You had your son first, right? So your son is older than your daughter. How was motherhood just in general like that? First, first time mom, still, I guess, working full time and trying to juggle everything. Do you remember the feelings that you felt as a mother, as a woman, like 
how did life feel for you? So I remember I had a baby during the pandemic. So I was, it was a whole nother, a whole nother feeling for me. But how was that feeling for you? Um, when I had, believe it or not, I feel like I got, I got humble in motherhood on the second kid. Okay. So oh, no. <laughs> Is that what happens for round two? <laughs> so, no, not to scare you. But, but my first son, he was such a, like, it was the perfect pregnancy. He was such an easy baby. He did everything the right way that it just didn't, I, I felt like, oh, like, it was like an, my baby was an accessory. We were just doing, we were killing motherhood together. And I went back to work early. I was like, oh, all of, you know, I was just so sure of myself and confident. But when I had my daughter, I also think it's having a daughter. So like having a daughter was like looking at like facing my inner child or or seeing my younger self and what I would have wanted from, you know, an adult, my mother, et cetera. And I was like, oh, now I got to like really like. Now I need to do some self-work. Like, how am I going to prepare for this baby? Because it's different when it's a girl. So I did a lot more of, you know, wanting to center myself. And that's why I decided, like, I want to take time to enjoy motherhood because I didn't get to spend much time with my son before I went back to work just six weeks. And that's that's no this time week, at all. Girl? Yes. That's no time at all. We just we just went full throttle into motherhood. <laughs> You were really confident because it took me like six months. I was like, that is okay. So it makes sense. So you had the baby number two and like life kind of shifted for you. Mm -hmm. Tell me about then what was that moment where you realized, let me make something that can help other mothers. So I've always, and again, back to that false sense of motherhood with my first I always kind of was one of those people like that did everything by the book. And so my daughter, she she is my second child, the no limit soldier, the wild child. <laughs> and it's like no matter what I did by the book, it wasn't converting over in the like same Like what? Thing. Example. So like for instance, um with my daughter, she was she was more sickly. So like I was a very I'm I was very cleanly with my son, you know, washing his hands all the time with my daughter. She didn't even go to daycare until she was one, but I found that she would always get sick. And then it would, we would constantly be in the emergency room. And like, that was frustrating because I couldn't find a fix for her. I, 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 ne- I didn't know what I could do to help. Cause at that time there just weren't any products over the counter that she could take because she was so young. And obviously, you know, you don't want to give your baby any, you know, anything that could harm or hurt them, you want them to have natural things. And so that's when I started to cultivate and like say, okay, like Chelsea, maybe you're going to have to make something for her to help with her immune system or to help with her eczema. She would like scratch into the point where she would bleed. Whereas my son, he didn't have eczema. He wasn't sick all the time. So that really forced me to, you know, realize that okay this is not a don't look at it as like what's wrong with my baby what does my baby need and how can I fulfill that so that's more so how I was looking at it and that's why I say it was very humbling because you know as a mom our children we only know their cues so we only know what they need and when you're a new mom understanding what they're trying to communicate with you and understanding your own feelings can just be a lot. So I really, I look back and I really appreciated that time that I was able to, you know, just 
learn motherhood on a more intimate, personal level to because it made me better. So, did you ever think? So, I guess she was dealing with these pro- problems with her skin, right? Uh-huh. Did you start creating the products? Like, how did you then shift from okay, my daughter has a problem. I want to create something that can also not only help her, but other moms and other babies as well. Whether you're searching for the latest sneaker drop, that iconic handbag, a timeless watch, or your next piece of classic jewelry, eBay authenticators are there verifying every detail of your purchase. Yep, we're talking each inch, stitch, tick, facet, and clasps that make the piece you're searching for worthy of your collection. eBay authenticators are experts in their craft, true connoisseurs, and as leaders in their fields, they're making sure your items always arrive as authentic as your style. So go ahead, get that piece you've always wanted, and leave it up to the meticulous eyes of an eBay authenticator to make sure that watch movement is original, that glimmer is real gold, that rare sneaker is legit, or that handbag is really made of genuine leather, and never get faked over again. In a world full of fakes, it's time to get real with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, Dream Drivers. Ever since becoming a mom, life has changed for me in so many ways, and I've learned so much about what it takes to be a mother. One of the things I realized early on in this dream driving journey was how important having the right tools, aka diapers, in my toolkit is. When it comes to changing those dirty diapers, for me, it's all about making the smartest choice. I need reliability and quality, and Pampers gives me that. You may save a couple cents on other brands, but will you save time and convenience? Who wants more leaky diapers, more laundry because poop stains are not fun? And better yet, diaper rash? Not me. I don't worry about that with Pampers. There are other things you can save on, but honestly, your baby deserves the Pampers experience. I've sworn by Pampers with my son for the past two years. It's gentle on his skin, and I can trust that they can hold up throughout usage. As a busy dream driver already juggling so much, your diaper's choice should be easy and worry-free. Make sure you download the Pampers Club app today to start earning free diapers. Ladies, we say period a lot, but do we ever talk about periods, aka our menstrual cycle? So I'm busy, I'm active, I'm always on the go, and sometimes pads just don't do it for me. I want to be able to move around and just feel, you know, free. And here's the thing, a lot of us are scared of tampons and we don't have to be. So let me tell you why. When inserted properly, tampons shouldn't hurt. Like a pad, Tampax can absorb even your heavy flow and give you an up to 100% leak-free experience you can't see or feel. And growing up in our communities as a teen, I remember there being this whole stigma and taboo around girls who use tampons versus girls who didn't. So I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. Now, as a 30-something-year-old, I'm like, no, let's talk about it. Tampax has me covered chill mode, check. Supermom mode, check. On the go mode, check. Tampax is always there for the different types of days I have. There is no right or wrong way to manage your period. I'm just saying, mix it up sometimes and try Tampax. So I started a blog when I had, when I was pregnant with my son on Instagram and I named it My Mommy Wisdom. And it was just because I wanted to share like every, all my friends, that were pregnant would come to me and ask me for advice because my parents' background was in, is in healthcare. So my dad was retired OB. My mom 
retired pediatric nurse. And so I was like, I'm always That's a perfect happy. pair. Just I'm just thinking about it like that. that was right. a, they meet in the hospital <laughs> you know? uh, at, at his practice. But, okay. <laughs> but um, I was like, if I'm always reiterating and repeating this information, maybe I should just put it on a platform so that people can read it and, you know, take what they need from it. Well, when I had my daughter, I wasn't blogging on there as much because I'm balancing having two children. But um, when I was in an emergency room with her one time, I was like, I just kind of had like a little breakdown. I was just like, I'm just not getting this. This motherhood is not coming as easily to me. And it hurts when you can't figure out what's wrong with your baby and how to fix it. And so I was talking to my mom, like, mom, I need to do something. And she said, well, why don't you make your own products? So the first thing that I had made was my chest rub because my daughter, like I said, her immune system, she always seemed to be sick. I didn't realize at that time she just had really bad allergies. Mm. Um, So figuring that out. And I was, you know, mixing in my kitchen with my essential oils and, you know, seeing what works and what didn't and using it on her. And I would blog about it. And as I was writing about it on Instagram, people were seeing in real time, like, okay, her baby had a runny nose. Now, a day later, the cough is cleared up, her nose is dry. And so I started to have people and friends that reached out and were like, hey, you know, my daughter or my baby is going through the same thing. Have you considered making a product for this? Um, eczema was also, like I mentioned, something that my daughter had, and I just hadn't seen someone that had it as bad as her, um, at that young Especially a black, a black, you know, a black child as well, because I feel like there's also discrepancy between skincare, what would it be called? What is that area? Dermatology? What is that called? Yeah, Yeah, for, for brown children, because I often think our skin needs are different as well. Yes, and that is so true and a lot of the things that we use topically have water in it and water just dries your skin out it gives that nice smooth consistency coming out but it doesn't stay on the skin and that's what that's why our skin is different that's why we can handle the heat our our melanin so I really you know and like you said you made a point about you know black and brown kids with eczema for me and my family Almost all the children I saw went through eczema, went through a phase of it. It was in different variations. But from for me, I never saw a baby scratched to the point where she was scratching her skin raw. Mm-hmm. And then it's like when it's a baby, you can't make them stop scratching because, mm-hmm. you know, so I um I definitely just wanted to I, I started, you know, researching and figuring out what are things that work for our skin type? What natural ingredients could I use? And so I would try it on her. I would try it on my son. I would try it on myself. And then again, just as I talked about it, some of my friends were like, hey, can I try it? Can I give you some feedback? My child is on um, a, um, on like um, steroids. Let me see if this works better than that. And so that was able to give me really great feedback so I can constantly tweak the product so that it, even though it may not work for everyone, it will at least work for, you know, a the majority of the people that tried it. What gave you the confidence to venture into entrepreneurship, especially being that it wasn't something that was a lifelong dream of yours? Inadvertently seeing my dad wake up and go to his own practice, run his own practice. At that time, I didn't realize he was an entrepreneur. I just was like, he's a doctor. Mm -hmm. So he would have to see the patients in the hospital anyway. But 
the older I got, I realized, well, this was his own practice. He was only running it himself. And so just that no one motivated him. He had to motivate himself to get up. He had to, you know, run everything. Everything depended upon him. I think that instilled that in me, but it just took having and become having children and becoming mother for it to awaken out of me. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And did in the beginning, was your goal like, I know right now you're in stores, you're in retailers, but what was the goal for you going in? Was it just like, I'm going to just help a little bit of people or this could be something huge? What was that mindset, if you remember? I, my first goal was, um, I had a conversation with my friend. I was like, I want to be in Target. And she was like, uh, well, you need to scale it back a little first. <laughs> like, let's let's make some achievable goals first before we get into there. And I think having that big goal be at my forefront, then I tried to make sure I aligned whatever I was doing to improve my chances of achieving that big goal. So while I didn't realize the impact my mommy wisdom would have, like, it's still very surreal for me to hear people say, your product health, or this is the only thing that worked for my child. That's still surreal to hear, even though I've been in business for five years. Um, just because I don't have that background and, you know, I'm not a chemist. This is just the passion of a mother that wanted to make something better for her child. So I think just coupled with um, just the feedback that I get, excuse me, that has really, truly helped me realize that there's more and more black and brown women and children that need what I what I'm providing. And so I have to keep going so that they can have that and they can have that representation. They can have confidence in getting that product that is for their skin type. How did you go from having this passion for your product and then building the community around it? Because, you know, you said you said in the beginning when you were a kid, you were all about community and wanted to do mission work. What were the things that you realized were working for you in order to build that community and build that customer base? Well, what we know about moms are (laughs) we are if we love something, we're going to tell everybody about it. If we don't like something, we're going to tell everybody about it. So um, I have a great relationship with a lot of my peers from college. Uh, Shout out to FAMU. Rattler is one thing about us. We are solid and tight. And I think that um, we were all going through that phase at this, those phases of life at the same time. We were all becoming wives. We were all becoming mothers. And so that community was already there amongst me and my circle of friends. But I had one friend who created like um, a, a group me group of all of us. And we started off as brides and wives and we transitioned mm. into mommies. And so she created a group that helped us. And as I was communicating and connecting with other people, because you could add different people in the group, that's how when I started making products, I was sending it to all of them and samples and feedback. And I was able to get, um, you know, whatever they were able to share with me. But that community continued to grow, continued to grow. And I was just like, this is my tribe. These are my people. Like, um, we're... Black women, Black mothers, we're seeing what's going on with the Black maternal health rate. We're just not always heard. And so I just wanted to, if I could create a voice for us on a larger level, on a larger scale, that's something that I guess became a passion of mine. Because the more moms you talk to, the more experiences that you hear. And you're like, you know, change needs to be made. Or, you know, what can I do so that my the next sister doesn't have to experience this? 
were you at this time making all the products yourself at this point or like how was that going because i know product-based businesses it can start in your kitchen right then maybe in the garage and how was the behind the scenes at this point as you guys were growing uh yeah i was making everything by hand in the kitchen um and i had the bright idea to make like uh, at one point i had like 12 items in my product line. Oh, was, gosh. <laughs> I was just pushing it out, pushing it out. But um, I was talking to one of my old professors and um, I got inspired because she said that um, George Washington Carver used to, he, he came out with so many different um, products and um, inventions. And he would call, I guess, like his garage where he would come up with his different products, like I, I might be saying it wrong, but it was like God's um, wheelhouse for him. And he said mm-hmm. he would just center himself and he would pray and like he would have all these ideas and that's he would just be hyper focused on that. And she said that I reminded her of that story that she read where she was just like, it's amazing how you could just go in your kitchen and you'd be hyper focused. But I just felt like I, I wanted to take on the responsibility to just make something or make things that hit every element of motherhood, all the challenges. Like I said, the stories, the more and more you hear them, the things are the same. Women are struggling with uh, breast milk production. Uh, children are struggling with eczema. We're, we're not sleeping at night because our baby is teething. And so as I was hearing that, I was like, is there something on the market for that? Yes. If so, what can I do to make it better? Or if it's not already there, how can I create it? Mm. Now that's very smart. And I think it's just for anyone listening in, like you have the big idea, but then you have to really figure out who you're serving, right? Because you could have been like, I want to create something for the dads. Like, wait, you know, this is about mothers. I mean, of course, dads can use the products as well, but really listening into the community is so important. And then also like, narrowing down your focus did that help you once you were really once you got really focused dream drivers did you know ford is sharing the inspiring stories of those behind the wheel who are accomplishing their goals pursuing their dreams and creating the world they want to live in built ford proud is highlighting d bryant a ford driver who has shown strength in how she's breaking boundaries to create change in her field for all those around her so Dee is a professional stunt driver who's been featured in over 100 films, movies, and shows. She began riding motorcycles at age 11. And get this, Dee always finds herself gravitating towards Ford vehicles as her personal ride went off screen. In fact, much of her stunt driving training took place in a Ford Mustang. Dee is one of few females and even fewer African-American female stunt drivers in the industry. She constantly battles against sexism, racism, and unfair representation as many productions try to get around hiring female drivers. Dee co-founded the Association of Women Drivers, a stunt driving school where she helps teach other women to stunt drive. She's just one of the many examples that show us dream drivers that four drivers come from all types of backgrounds and dream driving journeys. Learn more about D. Brian's story at Ford.com slash Built Ford Proud. Breaking the mold, strengthening communities, creating change, real stories brought to you by Ford, Built Ford Proud.
Dream drivers, Walgreens knows you need your medications, but sometimes what you really need is a prescription for more time with your family or friends or just more time to do what you want on a Saturday afternoon. That's why Walgreens offers same-day RX delivery to where you are. So you can get more than just your meds. You can get your prescription to save time at the pharmacy. And when you have pharmacy questions, which let's face it, we all do, Walgreens will be there for you with a helpful 24-7 pharmacy chat. So when you need to know, which med do I take before bed again? Or is it safe to have a glass of wine with my prescription? You can ask a Walgreens pharmacy expert that question no matter where you are or what time of day it is. And that gives you more than just answers. It gives you your prescription for peace of mind. Delivery is available on eligible prescriptions only. See details at walgreens.com slash prescription delivery. Yes, that's exactly. I got um, feedback from this cohort that I was in and they were like, hey, this is so wonderful that you have hair products and feminine hygiene products <laughs> and products for mom and products for baby, but it's a lot. So what are your best sellers and how can you narrow that down? And that's when I was realizing like, because of my business name, what are people coming? What are they going to know or take from me when they come? Mommy and baby. And so that's when I started to either consolidate products or make it for multi-purpose uses or just pull back because it's like, hey, you know, this is in an area that is as important as the need for moms and babies as this particular product is. So it really helped me like scale back and hone in on what's working. And then that way I can revamp what needs to be worked on. How are you able to let go? Because I think that's something a lot of us struggle with. We have these big ideas. You might have been like, my hair products are bomb. I'm about to be the next Carol's daughter, right? But that wasn't the mission that you're here for. But you personally, did you have a, a tough time letting go? Or were you were you all right with the flow oh, that no. the business was taking? Oh, no, I had a tough time. Um, okay. <laughs> I I am like a perfectionist. So I want to get everything right. And then I I... At that stage of my life, I did not like to fail. I did not like to put forth effort in something and it did not generate something that I wanted it to apprise or, you know, et cetera. That was something that I had to learn after I got older and deal with is, you know, it's okay to let what's not working go because that gives you more freedom and opens you up to create space and for room for what is working. And I think when we start up as entrepreneurs, you know, because we are in control of our schedules and what our success is going to look like, there's a lot of motivating factor that we have to do it all. Everything, you know, depends on us. But realistically speaking, we can't because we will get burnt out. And so, um, in 2022, that was that year that I realized like, okay, you know, like it's okay to move towards the manufacturer. You can't make it. You Physically, you can't make all this stuff. <laughs> hopefully, okay. hopefully the business is growing, right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I got more than five people a day. You need right. to, you know. So, you know, and you have to realize w- what area of your life you're in and what can you do to make that easier. So I had to realize that having my hands and everything wasn't going to grow my company from where it was. It was just going to stay there because I had achieved all I could on my own. I needed to search, seek out for help for people that were experts. 
and let them, you know, take my baby and make it something else. So that's when I started to venture out and realize that. But initially, just to answer your question, it was difficult, but it's something that I feel like every business owner has to face in that pivot of, are you just going to keep the company the same and, and remain complacent or are you going to take it to the next level and when you do you have to let go of some of that control and make room for you know someone to help you do that so i know people who are listening are like but chelsea really like what was what can you give us an example of why it was worth it a change that happened only once you let go maybe outsourced brought on a team Mm-hmm. Something that you don't think you would have been able to do if you were continuing continuing to operate it as a solo entrepreneur doing everything yourself. Yeah, I had someone tell me, um, a buyer tell me that we love what you we love what you've created, but we need we need you to let us in and basically take this to another level. And I was just like. I don't know if I'm ready for that. And that was the control thing I was focusing on was like, can I trust someone to take my business and run with it? I don't like that feeling of, you know, it's like your child, you and starting your baby off at a new daycare. It's like, can I really trust these people? Yes, they have, you know, they went to school and they have their license and and certifications and doing this, but can I trust them too? Um, For me, I mean, I had to go to therapy. I had to make sure that I was okay with that. And why wasn't I okay? Why was I afraid to let someone come in and help help expand upon, you know, what I've created? And um, I think in stripping some of those things, uh, talk about that inner child, going back to that, filling out what did younger Chelsea need to make her feel secure and safe in that moment so that now older Chelsea doesn't have to, uh, like, flight or or what to say like a flight fight and flight the fight, fight or flight yeah. yeah and so um doing self-work really taking time to get to know myself again like and in this phase of my life like my children are older they're not baby babies they're eight and five they're more independent I don't have to do as much with them so it it causes me to spend more time on my business and it's like what can I do to just you know make myself better and I did a lot of therapy um I did i communicated with peers in business. I reached out to be a part of different mentorships. Um, and I know sometimes people don't like that word mentor, but it's really important to connect with like-minded people who understand your journey because I cannot tell you how many times my husband would look at me like I was speaking in Spanish. He was like, <laughs> trying over here like, babe, this what happened to me today. He's like, oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this is, he's like, You're, this is different. And now that there's more and more black women going into retail, it seems like it's easy, but it's not, not in the least bit. And I'm not saying that to discourage anyone, but I am telling them that there's a lot of stripping of self and self-work that you're going to have to do in the process. And a lot of people don't talk about that. Like, you really have to work on, you know, letting, letting, improving yourself and letting go of whatever you need to in order to get where you, where you're trying to go. It's interesting that you talk about that because, you know, I've had a lot of people on the show. And in the beginning, when I used to do these interviews, I always thought when people say like, what's the biggest challenge? What's the hardest part of this journey? I always thought it would be something tactical, like learning taxes or, you know, stuff like that. But 
it really is like the intangible, the mental, the personal development, the letting go of fear and doubt and like learning yourself that sometimes the biggest challenge, the big, the biggest hindrance can really be yourself. Yeah. It's not these external, like all that stuff can be figured out, but it's like, are you solid? So I love that you mentioned that because I think a lot of us are sometimes even using the dream as a per- the pursuit of a dream as um, avoiding who we are. Does that make sense? Oh, perfect sense. Yeah. And I, um, while I was in this, um, so I went to a cohort that helped you like small businesses prepare for retail. And in it, it felt like it was a therapy session because one of the presenters said, you need to write your letter of resignation to yourself. And she was like, you're right now, you're and to all of us, she was like, right now, some of you all are making your products, shipping your products, doing your taxes, doing managing your, your Instagram or your Facebook page. You're doing everything and you need to fire yourself in some of these areas so that you can get yourself back. Because it would be points where um, in the early stages of my business where I didn't even travel because I felt like I had to get my product, my orders out. I had to, you know, do this. And it got to a point where it was like I was limiting my own happiness because I wasn't letting go. I was trying to be in control of everything. And so those are kind of some of the things that, like you mentioned, you just don't hear about. And for me, I always tell people, being a mom is the easy part. Running a business has been the most challenging. And people are like, oh, you're going to change your mind when your kids get older and they start doing this. And and as of today, (laughs) um, March, what what is this? The 24th. 2023, I still stand by that because with your children, as you're raising them and giving them guidance, they give you instant feedback. With your business, you have to throw a lot of things at the wall until you figure out what sticks. And just because it's stuck for two years doesn't mean it's going to stick for 20. So it's always you having to reframe your thoughts, reshape how you look at something. And it's it's you motivating yourself every day, being better. And that can, that can, it's overwhelming. It's exhausting. So um, definitely creating a space where you get your needs met, where you can take your mental breaks, where you can come back and revisit. I definitely encourage all people that are entrepreneurs, successful people in corporate America, whatever, make sure you just take time to recenter yourself because it can all get overwhelming and it could take a toll on you. You know, I love that you mentioned that, but also love to talk about some other challenges because like this journey isn't always going to be a straight line, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be valleys, there's going to be mountaintops. For you, what were some of the biggest challenges that you had to navigate? And then how did you work through that? For me, the toughest thing has been starting out with peers and seeing them excel or, or be more successful than me. And it's not like a oh, they don't deserve that because I was in the trenches with them or they do deserve it. But then it makes you second guess yourself. Like, are you know, like if you don't have this by this time, you know, should you even continue going? Should you should you keep going? And it's like that's that has been a struggle for me is like, do I have enough of what it takes that a lot of people really want to buy into my brand or or, or do resonate with that? I think they do. But of course, I, 
every mother thinks her baby's the cutest, you know? So it's My like, baby I, is the cutest. Right? <laughs> Yours is too as well. Right. So it's like, you know, I can think this, but what is the reality? And so that's been a struggle is like, you know, what am I doing or what do I need to be doing to get there? But again, I've come out of that phase and I'm more in a season of giving myself a lot of grace because everyone's journey, like you mentioned, looks totally different. And when we're comparing our growth or our journey to someone on social media, we're always seeing the highs because that's what we emulate and we post. So I can't be upset that someone is further along than me because I don't know what their lows are and I don't, and they don't know what mine are, you know? So I've noticed that I've been having a little bit or a lot more of those conversations with my peers in business, because it's like, I was thinking this was going to be an easy journey and it hasn't been, but just because it hasn't been easy doesn't mean it's a bad journey. It's still mine. And so now I'm looking at the beauty in that, in those imperfections and in in myself, and I'm making those changes so that, you know, I'm continuing to grow and continue to give myself grace and have an open mind so I can be appreciative for where we are now, where my mommy wisdom is now. I love that you mentioned that. Like even with my podcast, I've had this since 2016, right? And it's like now everybody has a podcast and you know now all the celebrities got podcasts. Everyone's doing video and you know their production is top tier and then getting all these fancy guests and it's like but wait, I've been around for so long and you know I why am I not there? But something as you were speaking I was thinking about is like you know how you have a book, right? You may not know that person's book might only be a hundred pages long, but what if your book is supposed to be a thousand pages long, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I think that those are just the things that we have to remember is that your journey, like you don't really know their journey might end quicker than yours will, or yours might take a turn and lead you down somewhere else. And it's just so much, but it is hard, like you said, to really it is so hard to just like keep focused sometimes, especially on social media. I know you're on social media a lot. You're on TikTok. You use it as a platform. But do you have any tips for just keeping, I guess, keeping the blinders on, but also knowing when to peek? Because it is good to see what other people are doing, right? Like, how do you manage that on social media? Sometimes I take my own breaks. Like, that's again, why the beauty of um, me releasing control. So one of the areas I fired myself was from is social media. Okay. I hired a team and it has been a blessing because I don't have to um, be on there as much. So I'm not seeing all the things that I may have, or if I decide to take a break from social media, just for my own self, I can do that without it impacting the brand, but now everybody can't do that. And so I would say just to keep the blinders on is keep, keep the important things important. So (laughs) that is the best advice I can give is keep whatever those important things to you are important. Don't get, it's um, what they used to say back in the day, keeping up with the Joneses, just because you see other people with it doesn't mean you're entitled to have that. And that's okay because there are things that you want that other people would love to have. So just taking more pride and appreciation in your own journey and not comparing it to others because comparison is like the biggest robber of joy. And to your point, we're in, I feel like millennial business owners um, are in a very weird space because now after COVID, 
everybody has been sitting home on these ideas for two, three years, and now everyone wants to execute it. And like you said, now we're competing with celebrities are coming <laughs> into the beauty industry. I mean, who who's going to go up against Rihanna? You know, like right. it could be intimidating, but I love that even though we may see other people coming into our industries, what it's showing me is that there's still space because there are still people listening to you. There's still people buying stuff from me. So there's still space for us. We just have to figure out what that space looks like and what what how comfortable we are in achieving that space. So just keeping the important things important and keeping yourself centered and taking the breaks that you need. You know, sometimes I have to do a little devotional book or I'll uh, do a fast or I'll take a social media break just so that I can recenter. Because sometimes I have to check myself like, girl, why you, you're not willing to do the things that they're willing to do to get their business there. So how can you be disappointed that you're not in a different space? So you know what, too? You never know if someone's truly happy. I say this all the time. Like, success can be very subjective, right? Like, you mm-hmm. think that that person's happy. They got, you know, the 20,000 million orders a day. But, like, if you know that you're at a place where, like, inside of it you're happy and you're still building, hold on to that because there are a lot of unhappy, successful people out there. Or I say successful as in when you're looking at them and they have more than you. Mm-hmm. But, like... Your your true happiness, your family, like what really matters at the end of the day for you? And are you content with that? Like, do you have enough? Is your family fed? You got a roof over your head? Like there are some things I think that we just have to remember, like what's really important because in this social media world, it's so easy to just think that you don't have enough, right? But we, we have to rem- remind ourselves of that daily. Yeah, and I think my reminder was I ended up losing um, my best friend. Mm-hmm. And it showed me that, like, you can have all these things going for you, but when life happens, what is most important? And it is being present. So it is my children. It is finding joy in those things. And so I always, that's helped me give myself a lot more grace is because you're doing a great job. But do you feel you're doing a great job or just because you see someone else, like you said, it, you don't know if they're happy. And if they're not happy, you know, it, you, by you not having that may be the reason that you you do have your own happiness. Um, I was I remember I was talking to my friend and she was sharing her opinion about um, some black owned brands that are getting purchased by larger retailer, larger brands. And she was just like, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. And I was like, I'm here to tell you, unless you run your own business, you just don't know what it what that feels like in the because your your family's impacted too, right? Because now if you're famous or if you're in the limelight, then so are they. Or if um, you know, you have to do a lot of traveling for work, that's less time that you're able to go to those soccer games and stuff. So everybody around you is impacted. And like I was telling her it's like as business owners we don't talk about that enough but I'm grateful for like platforms like this and you sharing your transparency because your listeners that will hear this that may you know resonate with what we're saying it's like oh I thought I was the only person going through that or only person that felt like that and and now I realize that there's other people that do. I know you so you launched My Mommy Wisdom after you already had two kids but now like 
So you launched in 2018, so five years in, right? Mm-hmm. How do you think where you are as a mother now informs how you think about your business? And I say that because, so I'm my son's two and a half. I'm back into like the full-time world, working in media, you know, also running my podcast. But now I'm like, there are certain things I will never go back to, like full-time work in the office five days a week. Now that I'm a mother, I'm just like, that's not realistic. He goes to preschool in September and I'm already stressing about who's going to pick him up at three o'clock, right? And even aftercare is still 5.30. If I'm not back from New York, like how is that going to work? So there are some non-negotiables now that I know that are really important Mm -hmm. to me, but are there things now at this stage of motherhood that you think really informs how you see your business? Definitely. Um, I have a lot more boundaries. Um, before when they were younger, I'm not going to say they didn't need me, but like when they were really young, they didn't know if mommy was gone as much. Now they're vocal and they can tell me. And because I talk to my kids and I'm very open and transparent with them, they'll tell me straight up, mommy, you've been working too long and you don't have time to play this video game with me. And I'll be like, okay. So now I have to make that cognizant decision or, or, or choice that, hey, after five o'clock on Friday I, or whatever day, I have to shut it down because now they need their time. And so balancing that. And I always say, like, I wonder how Beyonce does it, because for her to be the celebrity she is, those three babies she got at home probably don't care nothing about that. They just want their mom. And so I try to lead with that. It's like you can have all these things, but. Are the people, you know, your family, what are you giving them? So those are like my boundaries. Of course, there are times where mommy's going to have to work on the weekend. Mommy's going to have to travel and they have to understand that because I'm doing it for, for all of us. But uh, like you said, with boundaries, it's just like, okay, as a mom, like I want to be present to all of my kids events. Well, it's not realistic. I may not be able to, but I'm going to you know, make changes in my schedule so that I can try to at least be present to 90% of their event and go from there. So I I use, I get at the start of the year or whenever start of the week, I get like my kids schedule and then Mm -hmm. I'll build everything off based on that. Thank you for sharing that. That's a good tip because I don't know if you know. So I'm expecting number two, right? Uh, yeah. And so I'm over here like, oh, life is about to change. Can I do it? So um, just thank you for those tips because I think as like I enter this new stage of motherhood, because I know the transition from zero to one can be hard, but one to two is also just like a juggling act. So I'm looking forward to that and just hearing, all right, like you, you got it. You're running your business. You're still able to tend to your kids and stuff as well. And you just, you, it's all going to be a process. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I couldn't, I forgot to ask this, but I want to make sure that we get it because I know there are people who are listening who might be product-based entrepreneurs and might just want to know some like very um, like tangible, tactical, what are some like best practices that you just think that any product-based business, if you want to work with retail retailers, if you want to do more than just direct to consumer from your website, what are just some things that you should be keeping in mind? Sure. I'll, I'll share what I wish people share with me. Okay. Um, the first thing I would say is if you have a product, make sure you have a website where people can go to it. Um, I think that's really important because that's where you're going to get your reviews. That's where you're going to get your images. 
that's where you're going to build your trust. And off the top, if you don't have a website, as silly as that sounds, if you don't have a website, I think people lose trust in the validity of the product. And you have to remember, too, it's not only going to be customers coming and reviewing your website, it's going to be those retailers that you hope that find you one day. So you have to make sure whatever that footprint that you're putting out there for your brand image at first is very solid and you're constantly um, evolving that and, and working on that presence. So have a strong, solid website um, that's user-friendly for your customers. Believe it or not, if people get frustrated on your website, they're going to go buy something from someone else. So. And then if they're a mom, they're going to tell their friends the website was horrible. Don't exactly. go to it. So they're already lost. Exactly. The second thing um, I would say is building your community because if you have, like if you could create a beat. Put your mindset that you're creating your own beehive for your product. There is nothing that Beyonce puts out that the beehive won't stand for. And you have to create that with your customer base, with your audience. And so um, I admire um, a lot of brand owners that have their own identity and connect with people. And you feel like I can trust her because I'm following her. And now I really want to try her product and putting that all together, just making sure the message that you're conveying, you're you're creating a strong brand image where people truly do trust you. So that is going to require you to be transparent. That is going to require you to maybe share more things about your journey that you wouldn't normally do. You might not be extroverted. We don't talk about that enough. I'm an introvert. You know, like I don't, I don't, it's not normal to do, but it is something that you're going to have to do if you want that authenticity amongst your um, audience. Um, Because if you have a strong brand image, wherever you go, they will follow. Your customers are going to share with other people and that's what's going to get you going. I know a lot of times we're in like this, viral kind of world and everybody thinks well if I have this celebrity you know marking my product then my business is going to take off which brings me to my third thing if you don't have a strategy plan then you're not going to have consistency in the game so whatever your goal is whether you want to be in retail or you know you want to send your products to celebrity you can get all these eyes on you but if you don't have the strategy to put those things in place after, then you're not you're not going to achieve what you want. And putting it in place after is what does logistics look like with shipping, with creating your products? Do you have a manufacturer? Are you still making it by yourself? There's going to be one day, hopefully, that you're not going to be able to make a thousand units a day. So you you need to start putting yourself in the mind of what you want to achieve and finding those outlets. It was really difficult, I'll be honest, for me to find a manufacturer because you want to find someone that's a good fit for you, who understands how you make your product and are going to replicate it because you don't want your customers to notice that there's ever been a jump off or a difference. So finding, um, just creating a strategy plan and realizing what all it needs or or what all you need to be successful into retail because you don't want to get there and then you don't have that number two you don't have that strong brand image or you don't have that strategy plan and it's like now your products are selling and it's like okay your customers want you to come out with something different and you haven't even thought of that so now you're scrambling so just make sure you um have a strong website um 
that people can go to and purchase your product. Make sure you have a strong brand awareness amongst your customer base. Take their feedback very seriously. That's how you get better. And then also just having a strategy plan and, you know, like a two-year goal plan or um, or a five-year plan on how you're going to grow your business and how you're going to be able to maintain that growth and keep up with it. I love that. And I think, you know, these are the type of things that I hope our listeners just realize, like, you, Chelsea's sharing this from experience, right? You are sharing this from all things that you've learned, like you said, that you wish other people told you. So thank you so much. Um, Chelsea, as we wind down, right? If you want to be a dream driver, you have to have your keys to success. So I would love for you to tell me three things that you think every dream driver needs in their toolkit before they hit the road. Resiliency. You have to be able to be resilient and know when it's time to pivot. Um, that's just life. Life is going to life. So you have to be <laughs> resilient, <laughs> um, confidence. Uh, you're not going to feel like doing it every day. You're really not. And not, and there's not always going to be someone to motivate you and to tell you to keep going. So you have to make sure you find that confidence within yourself. And then I would say the last thing is, um, Education, continue, always be a student, continue to learn, continue to advance, continue to expound upon whatever you have, because that's how you grow and you get better. And so does everything else around you. You don't want to stay stagnant. You want to always be in pursuit of um, just, you know, learning more and, and making impactful changes, I would say. So resiliency, confidence and constantly educating yourself. What's exciting you the most about the future for uh, My Mommy Wisdom? The most exciting thing for me right now is I feel like I'm almost there. Like before I was almost, before I used to like dream of being here now. And I feel like I'm almost there. And I just keep saying to myself, 2023, it's going to be my year. It's going to be my year. And I think that's exciting to, you know, just to see what's in store to come. And I'm just really happy. I'm in a really good place, both professionally and personally. And I feel like over those five years, I've grown and matured as an entrepreneur. And so now I feel like I'm in a safe space or space of comfort. And I'm in a space of uh, resilience and a space of learning and educating. And so whatever is to come, I welcome it because I know it's going to be great. Thank you. And um, I always like, I've been starting now to like do this new thing, how I end interviews. So this is how I'm going to end this one. Uh, so imagine you're in the car, right? You're in the front seat, you're driving, but in the back seat is little Chelsea, right? Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, looking at you and, you know, what are you telling little Chelsea right now? As she's asking you about, hey, where are we going? How did I get, you know, what's that thing that you would tell her? Everything you want, you will have. And you... And that's that's great, but it's also okay to not always want for things. Like you're you you've got it, and and take some time to enjoy it because little Chelsea, you have so much life to live. Just make sure that you you know that you that that you're gonna get that you're gonna get those things, but just don't miss the lessons along the way. Make sure you take time to learn those things that you can't wait for or that you've been wanting for. I love that. Wouldn't that be cool to have like a recreation of it? Like if you could have like your younger self and 
have some kind of visual with who, where you are now. Have you watched Have you watched the show on Prison on Hulu? Um, it's on my list. I haven't started it yet. What you just described is the show. So okay. you should definitely not to give anything away, but you should definitely watch it. You okay, I will. It. I will. Um, I'm currently, you know, I'm one of those people who I need to finish the show. I'm work- I can't watch multiple shows at once, so I got to finish my show lineup now. Then I add that one to it. <laughs> um, Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing your journey. I really hope that our dream drivers got as much from it as I have. I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can learn more about you, where they can buy their My Mommy Wisdom products, and just support you further. Sure. Uh, you can find our products on MyMommyWisdom.com. That's M-Y-M-O-M-M-Y Wisdom.com. You can also purchase on our Instagram and Facebook pages. We have, um, we're, we're on there as well. If you want to connect, if you want to see more behind the scenes of how I am as just a mom. Um, you can follow me on TikTok. I share my journey with my kids and just my everyday day-to-day life. And you can email us at hello at mymommywisdom.com if you just want to say what's up. All right. So that's a wrap for this episode of Dreams and Drive. I hope you enjoyed our guest dream driving journey as well as listening to their keys to success. If you love this episode, you know what to do. Please make sure that you are following us. We are at Dreams and Drive across social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So make sure you're sharing this episode, posting it to your Instagram stories, texting it to a friend, sharing on LinkedIn, wherever you are or online. Just pay this forward and share this with somebody. We really appreciate it. And all the sharing that you do helps us grow our community. If you want to join our email newsletter, The Keys, and get weekly updates delivered to your inbox, just go to dreamsanddrive.com slash join. That's dreamsanddrive.com slash join. And lastly, if you know somebody who would be great for this show, or if you are someone who would be great for this show, please go to dreamsanddrive.com slash pitch. I'm always accepting new guests. I'm always accepting new pitches. So I love to see those pitch requests coming in. Keep dreaming, keep driving, and we'll chat again in the next episode. Bye, guys.